This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome on into another edition of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Schusterman, joined as always by my dynamic duo of prospect analysts, Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo. How are you, gentlemen? Jim, I will start with you because you made us 15 whole minutes late. Would you like to explain yourself? I believe I made us 11 minutes late, if we're being accurate. I, w- I was working on draft calls, enjoying uh, talking to the cross-checker about the Midwest as we prepare for our, our draft top 100, but I am uh, I'm doing well. Jonathan and I are going to like line up the guys tonight, and it's always fun doing the first rough draft of that list. Yeah, Jonathan, are you looking forward to the first the first official uh, draft top 100 uh, chat? Uh, with, with we're not we're doing any draft chat on this episode, but uh, but I'm sure you're excited about it as well. Clearly not as much as Jim is. But uh, yeah, sure. It is fun. And as is tends to be the case, it's not like we get to go see a lot of these guys over the summer, but we both got decent glimpses at high school guys uh, back in the PDP league. And then that high school all-star game. And then Jim did the Under Armour uh, all-star game in, uh, in Chicago, but that's really been it. So it's been nice to sort of like catch back up and figure out who, who is who and, 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 and who goes where. And I, I always go in just hoping that Jim has to write up 70 guys and I only have three, but it's not going to work out that way this time. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll save the, the podcast draft chat uh, for future weeks once the lists uh, start to come out. Uh, but on this episode, we're going to be doing a little MVP chatter since that is the one award we did not get to last week. We're going to do a little hats off to Mr. Cody Bellinger, uh, who won the National League MVP. The Trout story has been told enough. Not that I don't want to talk about Mike Trout. But we're going to talk about Bellinger. Uh, we're going to do a little state of the system chat uh, talking about the Giants and the Angels as two farm systems on the rise. And then we're going to finish this week with a little serpentine draft action. I guess we are doing a little bit of draft chat we are going to be drafting three athletes each from the best athlete in each system uh, article that went up on lb pipeline uh recently so that'll be a fun discussion uh but let's begin with a a guy who uh has not been a prospect for a few years because he has been absolutely mashing in the big leagues and he just won his first mvp that is mr cody bellinger of the los angeles dodgers you know he was on top top 100 prospect list of course but i don't remember him ever being uh, like a top five uh in baseball but you guys can can correct me on that so jonathan i'll start with you what do you remember about Cody Bellinger as a prospect? Still a very young player, of course, uh, but here he is already uh, winning an MVP at age uh, 24. Obviously, he, uh, he's he been a guy, not just because of the, the MLB bloodlines, his dad, Clay. He was a guy who, you know, was always was interesting, uh, you know, coming out of the draft, went in the fourth round, um, you know, overslot deal. Uh, of the high, you know, Arizona high school ranks, and you know, did some very good things early on. Had a ridiculous year in 2015, but it, you know, in the California League where he hit 30 homers, but struck out a ton, didn't hit for a ton of average. I think for me, it was the fall league in 2016. You know, he came off a a, a good year in in Double A, but not a great year but it hit really well in the fall league. And then 
he was in the big leagues the the next year and doing what he what he does and you know he kind of for me like even in his minor league career which wasn't all that long I mean, it's crazy to think that what is he 20 has he turned 24 he's 24 you know he, he's shown like the ability to hit for average or like early on in his pro career he, he was hitter he was a hitter and then he started hitting for power and he lost some of the ability for average and then this last year he put it all together and uh which is why he probably went home with the hardware yeah and jim i want to go back to his his amateur days uh he was committed to oregon of all places which maybe not necessarily the place where you would expect someone uh to have to sign overslot uh, to get him away from um but well, what do you remember about uh, about cody bellinger as, as an amateur prospect before he got he got drafted and then of course uh, took off in his minor league career yeah i was just looking to see like i was still at baseball america in for the 2013 draft my last draft there and i was looking to see where we had him ranked we had him 91st on our list and he was not on on Jonathan's top 100 but he was not well I don't mean that as a dig I just mean he wasn't like a like this wasn't a guy who everybody was like oh we got to have him he was kind of seen as a really like I think he was like about 6'4 175 180 he was very lanky or thin depending on how harsh you wanted to be um wasn't very strong guys liked the way he put the bat on the ball but it was kind of a weird profile it was like a, a high school first baseman who was hit over power back then, you know, the glove did stick out. You know, he has the unusual profile where, you know, kind of like we talked about Evan white with the Mariners and the Mariners system. Now great defender at first base could really play the outfield. That was kind of unusual for high school first baseman. Um, I'm looking at our report from back then. He pitched a little bit too, was 87, 89, but just I think a really nice job of scouting by the Dodgers. This wasn't an obvious can't miss guy. I remember feeling really old because I remember interviewing his dad, Clay, when Clay was a second round pick out of Rollins back in like 1990 or 91. So it made me feel really old. But um, two things about him in the minors were one, like Johnson said, he was so good in the fall league. He hit, he hit that home run in the fall stars game, the guy out of the park in about half a second. He didn't have a clear path. I think they still had Adrian Gonzalez at first base, right? So it wasn't clear like, oh, is he going to play next year? in the big leagues and he wound up hitting 39 homers. But the other thing I remember is his first couple, he didn't hit it all his first year. He hit for average with very little power his second year. And then he kind of just like flipped a switch and said, okay, I'm jumping from rookie ball to high A and I'm going to hit for power now. And he went out in 30 home runs and kept getting better. So I just think a really nice job of, of scouting and development by the Dodgers. Yeah, it seems like just everything went uh, correct along the way for him. Also, have to mention, of course, Little League World Series alumni, uh, Cody Bellinger. So uh, very funny to see the the videos of him in Williamsport. He was like one of the smallest kids on the team. Of course, he was one of the best kids on the team, too. Uh, but cool to see him go all the way from there. Uh, the the 2000, 2007 Little League World Series, which is really not that long ago. But he is uh, winning, the, uh, winning the National League MVP. Uh, so hats off to Mr. Bellinger. Hey, hey, Jordan, I have a question for you. You, you would you would have been little league age in 2007 right how how far did your little league team get this is this is a historic a historic thing you're asking the wrong member of Cespedes family barbecue because Jake could tell you all about his little league career where they almost made it to Williamsport uh, but no I never played official little league so I can't speak to that but I can say that Cody Bellinger is the first player younger than me to win an MVP so there you go uh, he, <laughs> I am I am a few months older than Mr. Belgers I pick up my pick up a slack I mean this dude's out there winning MVPs what am I doing just hosting this podcast uh, all right Cody's jealous of me let's be, let's be real let's be real uh, let's uh, let's move on here 
uh, to to a little state of the system chatter. Uh, we've got a, a, a great series uh, on LB Pipeline going right now. Uh, just kind of a, a preview, just checking in on, on all this, all 30 farm systems and how they've changed over the past year. Uh, and you guys wanted to talk about a, a couple systems um, that are not necessarily uh, revered as, as the top systems in the game, but you guys think are heading in the right direction. Uh, Jim, you mentioned before we started recording that these are two systems that are not, or were not on your mid-season top 15 farm systems list. Uh, but Jonathan, let's start with you. Uh, you mentioned that the Angels uh, are a farm system that you think is, is heading in the right direction, thanks uh, in large part to the number of athletes at the top of their system, which we'll talk about later. So uh, tell me a little bit about why you think the Angels system is headed in the right direction. Yeah, see how I like to tie two different topics of the podcast into each other? Brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. Tend to, I mean, it just happened. I'm glad. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I've been doing the Angels list for, for a while now. And for the longest time, it was, it was tough coming up with 30 names, uh, to, be, <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, to, to fill the list. And uh, two things have happened. One, it's, it's a much deeper system than it, than it used to be. Guys at the end of the list are kind of intriguing. And even guys that we put, you know, at the end of the list have made it up to the big leagues, like a Jared Walsh, who's kind of an intriguing player. But, you know, in addition to that, it's the guys at the very top of the list. And they still only have, as of right now, one top 100 player. Um, if I were a betting man, Brandon Marsh will join Joe Adele in the top 100 next year, but we haven't even begun to talk about that. You start with a guy like Joe Adele, who's the number five prospect in all of baseball. That's an extremely good start because he's a guy who not only has the, you know the athleticism that you mentioned, but he's actually shown it, it works and he's going to be in Los Angeles at some point next year. I don't think Brandon Marsh is that far behind him, um, especially after the after seeing him in the fall league. Uh, he can really hit. He's got a good approach to the plate. He can really run. Tremendous defense everything. And then after that, you know, there are guys with, with upside. There are some question marks. Listen, this could go South. You know, Jordan Adams was a guy that a lot of people thought they sort of overreached for to sign him away from playing football, but he actually had an okay first full season. So if he can build on that, I, I think that's good. And Jeremiah Jackson, uh, Kyron Paris from this last year's draft, some international guys like Deshaun Knowles and Trent DeVoe, uh, you know, both of whom are from the Bahamas are really kind of intriguing, far away. They're really far away. So uh, these guys are not going to help the Angels win unless they're used as trade pieces anytime soon. It is a much more interesting and intriguing farm system than it's been in a really long time. I will say uh, I, I do agree uh, with a lot of those points that they, you know, they got added a couple talents like Will Wilson and Kyron Paris in this last draft. Jeremiah Jackson hit like a million homers uh, in the Pioneer League, which was cool. I, I do worry a little bit about the the lack of pitching, and also like if Adele and Marsh graduate this year, we might be right back to like, uh oh, how are we getting to to thirty names? Uh, but in general, but in general, I, I do agree, and and I, I know uh, Kieran Paris is a guy I'm I'm very excited about. So you, you, some some optimism. I mean, look, you have Mike Trout. It's, it's at some point, it's like how how bad can I feel for Angels fans? Uh, but you know, they, there's there's more on the horizon uh, now. Jim, before we move uh, to the system that you wanted to talk about, uh, what what do you think about this this Angel system? Do you think they're they're heading in the right direction, or or do they still still got some work to do? Yeah, I do think they're headed in the in the right direction. I was gonna say it, it made me chuckle when Jonathan was talking about how it used to be hard to try to fill out thirty prospects in the Angels' top 30, because I remember being in Arizona, and I want to say when they made the Anderson-Simmons trade, they gave up um, Sean Newcomb, and I think a couple other prospects. I don't remember exactly who was in the deal, 
but Jonathan literally was struggling to come up. It was like Jose Brasino. Like you were, you were really scuffling to come up with guys to fill the holes on that trade. That was a challenge. Uh, so, so Jim, you, you uh, decided to pick another uh, California-based uh, team uh, for the pharmacists you want to talk about. So, so tell me about the, the San Francisco Giants. Um, this is a team, of course, they, they just got a new manager. They've got a relatively new uh, front office. They finally have a GM, which is nice. Uh, so, so tell me about the Giants farm and, and why you're feeling good about uh, San Francisco. Yeah, they just added a lot of talent. I think they're. I think the next time we do the top 15, they may crack it. Um, I, I'll start with a quiz for both of you. Who was the last all-star drafted and developed by the Giants? What year did they draft this player in? Okay. I think, well, isn't he? All right. I think it's Brandon Crawford, and he would have been drafted in like 2010. Jonathan, do you want to guess? No, that's as good a guess as... No, he was drafted longer ago than that, I think. I'm literally thinking, do I have to, do I have to guess Buster Posey? <laughs> No, uh, it's it's you're you're both wrong. There, there's been a more recent one, but it was it was one time All Star Joe Panic in 2011, and then just to show you how long, like on the international end, the last homegrown international All Star was Pablo Sandoval, who it seems like it was a hundred years ago that he was an All Star, and he was signed in 2003. So they, you know, while they were winning all those World Series championships, you know, they were winning at the big league level, you know, they're obviously drafting low, they're making trades of prospects, but, you know, the system wasn't very strong. I mean, the last time this, their system was as good as it is now was actually when Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford and Madison Bumgarner and Zach Wheeler, who they gave away in an ill-fated trade, and that was back in 2010. And, you know, they got two – I think they got two potential superstars in 2018 – they took Joey Bart with the number two overall pick. They signed Dominican shortstop Marco Luciano, who had a spectacular debut this year. Um, they got other guys like right-hander Sean Jelly and outfielder Jairo Pomaris to add some depth. And then this year, I, I really liked what they did in the draft. They got Hunter Bishop at 10, which was probably a guy that he didn't quite expect would get all the way to him at 10. And even though you get the best college athlete in the draft with that pick, they still found enough money by move, by you know way move bonuses around to give over slot bonuses to six of their next 10 picks. So they've got, I think I have six 2019 draftees on our, our, our Giants top 30. They made some trades. Now these guys won't be superstars, but they got guys like Mauricio Dubone and Tristan Beck and Jalen Davis. They added depth. Uh, I, I think they've added star talent and depth to the system that they really hadn't seen in, in probably a decade. I'm not saying it's as good as it was, this isn't going to be Posey and Bumgarner all over again, but it's the best since then. I don't think there's any question of that. Yeah, and Jonathan, do you uh, you echo some of those sentiments? Are there there parts that uh, any guys uh, that stand out there in, in that Giants uh, top thirty that you're excited about? Their top of the, their list is really quite good, better than I would expect. And, and listen, you know, I think Jim will attest to this. You know, when it's a team that you don't do, you, unless you're answering like an inbox question or preparing for a podcast, I don't necessarily check in on the Giants top 30 list all the time. But, you know, when he mentioned he was going to, I'm looking, I'm like, well, I, I really like the top of the list. And I do like, you know, it's sort of like I was saying with the Angels, you know, the, it used to be the bottom of this list after they had sort of guys had graduated. And it, it got not so interesting at the bottom. And I don't, maybe like the, the, the best example for me is, uh, and I hate to like, I don't want to throw this guy under the bus, but uh, Aramis Garcia. Like in 2018, that guy was the number six prospect. He's a prospect since like Willie McCovey played. And 
he was number six. He's been in the top 10 a couple times, and now he's in the 20s. That, to me, is a sign of the direction that the system is, you know, and that list is heading overall. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. And I, 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 I think Luciano's the one that, like, this time next year, it's like, oh, my God, the Giants have Marco Luciano. Um, so that that could be uh, one who's who makes a huge step next year in uh, full season ball. So okay, all right, some some optimism there. The Giants are going to need some of these guys to really hit because uh, they it, it's it's not exactly the the clearest path uh, to to big league success in the National League West at the moment. Uh, all right, gents, are you guys ready uh, for this this draft of all drafts? The the best athlete draft. Are you guys are you guys excited about this, Jim? I don't know when the last time we did a draft was, uh, but you've you've decided we are definitely doing serpentine style. We have. Well, you always have to go. Serpentine, yes. So we had this uh, this article go up on LB Pipeline uh, last week, which is uh, the best athlete in all 30 farm systems. So we've got 30 names here, uh, some fun ones, some guys that are, we've already mentioned Joe Adele on this list, um, but but we're going to see. Uh, Jim, I've, I've assigned you the first overall selection. We are each going to pick three. And I think the way that we should think about this is not necessarily just who gets the best three prospects because that's not necessarily fun but who do you think are, are the best athletes based on what you've heard based on what you've seen uh, think about it as, as we need them for a for a pickup basketball game or maybe we need them for a you know a triathlon or some sort of olympic event so it is just open-ended i don't know if my guys can swim but uh okay open-ended uh, just just think think big think big okay uh, and and uh, and and I will I will send it to you, Jim Cowles, for the first overall selection in the in the prospect athlete draft. You are now on the clock, but I'm I'm getting word from my sources that you have already uh, made a pre-draft deal. Is that correct? Well, I did tweet a few days ago about who I thought was number one, and I, I'll date myself here. Jordan, do you remember? I don't even know the show was still on while you when when you were old enough to watch TV. Do you remember a show called Superstars, or is that that before your time? I'm familiar, but... <laughs> but did you ever watch it? No. Do you remember Superstars, Jonathan? Where they get, like, these these athletes from various sports, and then they do, like, all these different competitions. So I'm kind of envisioning, like, if we were having a modern version of Superstars, which of our, our, our best athletes on each of the 30 farm systems will I pick? And I would, hands down, I didn't have to think about this very long, take Monte Harrison of the Marlins. Like, obviously, he's he's gifted at baseball. He's got, you know, tremendous raw power, Runs very well for 6'3", 220 pounder, tremendous arm, great athlete. When he was in high school, he could have gone to Nebraska and played wide receiver. He scored 29 touchdowns on a, on a state championship football team in Missouri. He averaged 16 points a game on a basketball team that finished third in the state and won a dunk contest in Kansas City. He's got a brother in the NBA now. So I think he's hands down the best athlete on this list. There's a lot of great athletes, super strong. And, and I feel good that after I tweeted that out, when, we, when this story ran last week, um, the area scout, who's now a cross-checker, former big leaguer Drew Anderson, signed him, tweeted in support, and Monte Harrison's wife also agreed with me. So I feel like I've, I've got the right guy and I've got good public support behind my pick. The fans are happy. A, gen- a generational talent. Uh, the, it was an obvious one-one. You didn't have to do much uh, discussion. Okay, so so I mean, Jonathan, I, I got to say, hard to say that this is the wrong pick. We'll see, Jonathan. We go to you with the with the second overall selection, and uh, may, you don't get Monty Harrison. But who are you going with with the with the second pick? Uh, first of all, the scout that drafts him and his wife does not count as public support. They they tweeted publicly, so that's public support. That's the very definition. They tweeted publicly, hence public support. I was just saying, Jim, those are also the, the maybe the two most biased uh, parties 
tweet. I did not get a Gary Denbo tweet supporting. Maybe we'll get a Derek Jeter uh, support, <laughs> support tweet at some point. He listens to the podcast I hear all the time while he's working out in the morning. Something tells me Gary Denbo is not big on the Twitter. I'm just guessing. Yeah, so uh, I looked into trading my pick. I'm just kidding. After that, I, I'm not 100% sure where to go. Uh, if we're going to go just pure athlete, I have to think, oh, I should go to like a, a, uh, a two-sport guy. But I think that I'm going to I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Joe Adele uh, because even though he was a baseball guy, I feel like that guy, if he wanted to play any sport, he could go and uh, could go and do it. So uh, and this is in a system that had, you know, Brandon Marsh and Jordan Adams, both of whom were top flight high school football players. And I picked Adele for the Angels. I want to know, John, Jonathan, did you? purposely channel John Gruden and, and go with that guy in the middle of your, your Joe Adele commentary. Or was that just accidental? Uh, that was completely accidental. <laughs> no, that was good. I feel like I, I feel like I've, I feel like I'm at Gruden's QB camp. Uh, and I'm actually going to, to take the, uh, the vibes of, of Gruden's QB camp and, and select a quarterback with my first selection. I'm going to take Mr. Bubba Thompson. I'm going to take the McGill tool in high school, legend Alabama high school football legend Bubba Thompson the outfielder from the Texas Rangers uh could have played SEC football but instead he's hanging out on the Rangers farm system hitting dingers stealing bases uh and you know he doesn't necessarily have the greatest starts of his pro career but I don't care about his batting average in this draft I just care about him being a freak athlete and also uh you know he's great he's great on the football field he's great on the baseball field and from having talked to him uh when he was drafted uh last year or two years ago what, what was that anyway also a great fisherman so I have a, a multi multifaceted athlete here uh, with my with my first selection. So I'm taking Bubba Thompson, and with the wraparound selection, uh, I'm going to take a friend of the show, someone who I hope is added by the Washington Nationals uh, today to the 40 man roster. But we'll see. But I'm going to take Sterling Sharp, the only pitcher on this entire list. Uh, which I, which I think deserves some credit. Did you see he tweeted about that too? He's very proud because as, as pitchers like to say, pitchers are athletes too. And I'm going to stand up for Sterling here uh, and take him. There's some good videos of him dunking. There's some good videos of him pitching in the Arizona Fall League. And he's a nice guy. And all those things are enough to have me select him with my second uh, pick. And I'm going to hope that the guy that maybe is, is, is more of an obvious selection of this pick gets around to my final selection of this draft. But there it is. I'm starting off with Bubba Thompson and Sterling Sharp. And I send it back to you, Jonathan, for your second selection. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and, and you know, go back to picking a guy who could have played football. And clearly, I, I guess I, I like bigger athletes. So I'm going to take Hunter Bishop. Um, could have played wide receiver uh, at Washington. Gave up football to focus on baseball. You know, Jim mentioned him on, on the Giants list, the best athlete, best sorry, best college athlete in, in last year's draft. Uh, there's power, there's speed, uh, can stay in center field, uh, even for a guy his size. You know, has every opportunity to show off a whole bunch of tools as he makes his way up uh, the organizational ladder. A, a a perfectly reasonable and good and smart selection, uh, and and unlike me, not you know determined by being nice to me, like Sterling. Uh, let's <laughs> let's send it to Jim, who now has uh, two wraparound picks. Who are you going uh, with your your second and third uh, picks, Mister Callis? Well, I'm very excited. I did only modest prep for this draft. Uh, I prepped as we were making picks, and my my clear guy I wanted 
at number two is still on the board. I'm going to take him in a second. Hunter Bishop was on my short list of, of four guys to join Monte Harrison potentially on my team. But my number two pick, I'm going to take Luis Robert of the White Sox. Unbelievable tools. I mean, it could be plus tools across the board. I don't think there's very many players, majors or minors, who can combine his strength and his speed. I mean, his exit velocities and sprint times are, are going to be in the upper, you know, probably the 90th percentile plus next year when he's finally big leaguer. So very excited about adding Luis Robert and, and glad that unlike the White Sox, it will not cost me $52 million to add him to my team. I'm a little torn here on my last pick. A little torn. I, You know what? I'm going to go with Brennan Davis. We'll see if one of you guys picks the guy I left on the board. Brennan Davis, I, I like the I like the baseball aptitude. I think there's 30-30 potential here. It, it, it's big time raw power. It, it's well above average speed. He, he's more advanced in baseball than people thought. And, and his other sport credentials include a, a 2017 6-8 state championship in basketball in Arizona. And he was also his region's defensive player of the year. And uh, they did some nice work. The pipeline team did some nice work. Uh, along with Monte Harrison and Sterling Sharp, there is video of Brennan Davis excelling on the basketball court in part of this fine article on MLBpipeline.com. And there's video of Bubba Thompson throwing the football over the place and running wild as well. So some cool, some cool throwback videos in this story. All right. So you, you've rounded out your team, uh, Jim. Uh, Jonathan, we send it to you for your, your final selection before I, I round us out uh, with the final pick of this illustrious draft. I'm torn. Between two guys, both of whom are, are just baseball guys. Um, but you know what? I think after having, seeing him play all over the field in the Arizona Fall League without much experience, I'm going to go with Royce Lewis. And yes, uh, like you, Jordan, like the fact that he's so nice to us probably figures into it. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, we, we've talked about him a lot. We've had him on the podcast, uh, former number one overall pick high up in the top 100 uh, chance for 2020 potential, uh, especially if he can continue to hit like he did in the fall league, um, almost top of the scale speed. But what really stood out to me is uh, he got to the fall league having played, you know, a game or two, I think he'd played one game in center and you know a handful of games other places. And he, he played center field. Like he, it looked like he'd been playing it forever. He played third, he could play second base, um, and to me, that showed a, a level of being able to not only not only a level of athleticism, but an ability to use that athleticism to handle uh, challenges on field extremely well. So I'll, I'll pick uh, I'll pick Royce Lewis and and enjoy the clubhouse presence as well. A, a fine a fine selection indeed. Uh, I, I do think that you are probably in best position in terms of the baseball. Uh, at the moment, uh, Jonathan, with with some of the some of the top prospects in baseball. All right, so my last pick uh, to to round us out here, uh, I could go in so many directions. Of course, as a Mariners fan, very tempting to take Mr. Kelnick, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, I love I, I would love to take Daniel Johnson with the Indians, uh, who rocked the sleeveless look uh, in the Futures game. He looked excellent. Uh, he would be a good pick. Um, tempting to take. Uh, Trey Fletcher, who's from Maine. How weird is that? I, I would love to take Trey Fletcher. I'm a big Jose Siri guy, but okay, you know who I'm going with. I can't believe you didn't pick him, Jonathan. I'm taking O'Neill Cruz. I'm taking O'Neill Cruz. 
because he's a six foot seven shortstop. And the, the amount of coordination that that has to take is enough to be worthy of, 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 of this, this third selection, because I, he's clearly just a different physical being than really anything else we've ever seen uh, on a baseball field. And I want to give him credit for that. And I, I just want to get some size in here in case we do end up playing basketball too. That's right. I, uh, I get, I get accused of being a homer uh, too often. So I, I, I stayed away from, from Pittsburgh, but Jim, I'm curious, did, did, did we take the, the other guy that you were thinking of or no? I was thinking of, of just from a pure tool standpoint, taking uh, Estevan Florial, who was on my radar? Who who was the other? You said you were considering two guys, Jonathan. Who was? Oh, uh, Bobby Witt. Oh yeah, another good one. Florial could be the team cook. <laughs> oh yeah, true. Good translator and a good tra- He once translated an interview for with Luis Robert for me in the fall league two years ago. Yeah, he's uh, he's an impressive young man all all across the board. So Florial's a good pick. I will also say what one more one more lineup. I know I feel like we've named almost everybody on this list, but Christian Robinson was also extremely tempting. Yep, I looked at him a little bit. So that's a, that's a big one. All right. Well, here we have it. Our, our first, first annual. Yeah. I'm saying annual because we're totally doing this again next year. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the best athlete draft. It's going to be on you to remember Jordan. Jim and I are too old to remember that. That's true. <laughs> All right. That's fair. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll take the, the responsibility there. Uh, just, just to recap, uh, my team, uh, Bubba Thompson, Sterling Sharp, and O'Neal Cruz. Jim took Monte Harrison with the number one pick, followed up with Luis Robert and Brennan Davis of the Cubs. Uh, Jonathan going with Joe Adele, Hunter Bishop, and uh, Royce Lewis. Uh, maybe I'll do a little, little Twitter poll action and see uh, what people think uh, of our teams because clearly my team is the best. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for, for joining me on this podcast journey as always. Uh, and you're welcome for not doing any Rule 5 chat, even though you can't avoid it forever. Uh, but until until then, uh, for, that is that is probably next week's podcast, if not the week after that. Uh, but for Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, I'm your host, Jordan Schusterman, and we will talk to you guys very soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.